0: And welcome back to Castle Rock Critical. Today, we're going to be discussing Castle Rock Season 1, Episode 9, the penultimate episode, titled Henry Diva. Just a quick spoiler warning off the bat, we're going to be discussing pretty much the whole of Castle Rock up to this point, obviously specifically Episode 9, so if you haven't seen it, get out of here. We're also going to have a king corner at the end of the episode which discusses all stephen king adaptations and novels that relate to anything that we've seen in this episode or previously in any of the episodes of castle rock for the first time ever this season the whole gang is together hello gang hey. Hey. good to have you here john hello lucy hello emma hi and all the way down in Australia, Gareth. G'day. It's nice to have you all back, guys. It's nice to all be together for once. A very rare occasion that all of our schedules allow us to, to be here at the same time. So very, very lovely. Thoughts on the episode? And I know some people's thoughts already, so I'm <laughs> going to steer this in a way, you know,
1: like the good host that I am, in a way that is positive. Gareth, go. <laughs> um, yes, always come to me for positivity. Um and on this occasion I feel like I might be standing alone to be honest um I enjoyed the episode I thought uh, there were some bits that were maybe a little bit clumsily done that didn't necessarily delight me um but <clears throat> overall the 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 reveal was kind of where I thought it was going and I'm all right with that I don't I don't mind that it wasn't the least predictable route I'm, I'm quite happy with multiverses um like i say maybe the execution wasn't perfect but you know we still had some of the things that make this show great we had some pretty creepy moments um soundtrack was amazing um the 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 mystery was was unraveling as we as we as we progressed i'm quite happy with it i'm not going to say it's one of the better episodes i just feel like it is quite good and i'm giving it this might not be as positive as you want actually i'm going to give it three blueberries (laughs) jesus after all that you gave it a three so for anyone listening for the first time the blueberry scale is thus we've rated everything
0: since we first were friends talking about films and tv on a scale of blueberries and basically it's a scale out of five Five is the best. Zero is the worst. Nothing has ever gotten zero, um, and then you can't Till have hu- you can't have halves. <laughs> you cannot half halves. So three, Gareth. That's very interesting. M, throwing it to you next. You're the most King Red Up person here. Wow. And then Lucy, secondly, <laughs> um, what were your thoughts on the episode? Obviously, the multiverse is prevalent in pretty much, I'd say, 50% of Stephen King's works. Mm-hmm. So we were expecting this.
2: Yeah, I um, so for me, like, I think this is going to divide opinion for a lot of people. In hindsight, I enjoyed the episode more than I did while I was watching it, which is interesting. So I wasn't expecting this to happen in the penultimate episode because it's answered some questions. It's also posed a lot more questions than we had in the first place. I've got to say, I enjoy it enjoyed it more thinking about it than I did watching it. And I'm going to echo Gareth
0: Yeah.
3: a three blue breeze out of five.
0: Yeah, okay. Lucy, throwing it to you next.
3: I love the show, as I think is clear from my involvement in the podcast. So I've really enjoyed <laughs> it. Um, I watched it. I mean, Skarsgård, like, thumbs up for me. Seeing more of him, even though fancy we'll get him, onto it. You? I do fancy him, but more yeah. as a kid than as Henry.
0: <laughs> that is just weird Better says when something he's about kid.
3: me I'm sure Yeah I like him as a kid
0: No it's too much don't, oh, We get John serious? back involved And it's So
3: it was good to see him there, There's aspects of it Which um, we'll get onto That I thought was strange um, For me I haven't been involved In the last couple of podcasts And You've all spoken about the alternate timeline theory, which has obviously come to fruition, which I am i don't, I'm not a science fiction head. I like the horror. Yeah. So the fact that it's actually science fiction rather than horror has put me off a bit. There was aspects that I liked. There were aspects that I didn't, um, which I'm sure we'll come on to. I, I'm going to give it a three. So I didn't hate it because I don't think I could hate this
0: show. Threes across the board. <laughs> it's yeah. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. <laughs> um, you know, I think it's oh, threes across the board at this stage is fine. I'm not going to go next. I'm going to let the more negative member of the group go next. Oh, because
4: you know my score is going to be lower than
0: three. Negative member. John, what were your thoughts on the episode? Judging from the WhatsApp conversation we had, I don't think it's going to be good.
4: Yeah, I mean, I hated it. This is the sort of episode that makes you feel like I've wasted quite a lot of my time on the rest of the season. I'm like disappointed more than... I feel like I should be at this stage of a series. Hmm. Now... Think about the episode nine, and I know like Game of Thrones has sort of done this. Really, the episode nine or the, the penultimate, yeah, the penultimate episode uh, prior to a finale um, of a season, you, you should be wowed. And I think they have tried to go with that, in the fact that it just just takes the story in a completely different timeline, I guess, or, or, or sorry, or or, or even um, a, a multiverse. Yeah, and on paper, if uh, if I'd have just read this as a story, I'd be like fascinated. Yeah. Uh, and at the beginning I was fascinated. And, uh, and prior to the episode, I saw the promo, promo images, shots yeah. and I was like, what is this? Like, mm. how, how is this going to be
0: an episode? of Yeah. Of yeah, Castle yeah. Rock, Especially it, <clears> when we've seen the kid in such you know, different, different light. Exactly along. that.
4: Yeah. And um, I just feel like, uh, there were parts of it, and and there's there's one part in particular, and I, I guess we'll, we'll we'll talk in detail because that's the point of this podcast. When they're in the forest, and I I just got to a point where I, was like, I I'm sick of this. Just end this episode. Like there are parts of it that are quite difficult to follow, and there are other parts that are so simple that I just think, mm. what was the point of this episode? Mm. Yeah. Um. So for me, unfortunately, and I, look, uh, production is fantastic, and. Uh, some of the actors in this show are are excellent. So I, I I'm going to go two blueberries.
0: So we're, so we're two blueberries,
4: <laughs> two blueberries. Yeah. Okay,
0: fair enough. I think you're seeing a little bit online in Reddit. There's a bit of divided opinion on it. A lot of the reviews are coming in slightly different. Like I'd say, most of the reviews have been consistent mm. in this episode. They are wavering slightly, you know, we're seeing some twos, we're seeing some fives. It doesn't make any sense, you know, so it's, it's dividing opinion. I'm going to give it a four and my reasons are thus. So I'm gutted, guys, because the jumper theory is wrong. He yeah. didn't just take his jumper. And I know that solid was, theory. It was solid. I think it was, you know, but we were right about the alternate, you know, timeline. We were right about that he is Henry Diva, which is really good. But I love alternate reality, parallel universe sort of stuff. You know, I love my Rick and Morty. I love my Star Trek Discovery, which they've just, you know, explored an alternate dark multiverse, which is some of the best Star Trek stuff I've seen for years. And let's not forget the Dark Tower series, which obviously this, you know, has had a huge influence on this show. I mean, at the start, we were like, how much is the Dark Tower going to be an influence on this show? Mm. And now it's very clear it is an extreme influence. You know, this idea of different levels of the tower. We're going to come on to the sort of scientific stuff around the multiverse in the dark tower and, and in the king canon later on but it's just great that we've got like this sort of twinners multiverse theory now fully fully revealed um and i love the little differences i love seeing a slightly more bright castle rock a castle rock yeah. still with problems but sort of like there was like colorful balloons and there was a little fair going on i was loving it for
3: like all the all the um characters that we know and love like Molly is like a big player in the town and people know her and she's looking good. She's got some nice eye makeup going on. We've got Zaleski still doing bits and he's like a police officer and he's a good guy. Yeah, And, you know, Henry got out. I mean, and, you know, Alan's alive.
0: Yeah, it's it's a nice little look at what could have been. And that is the thing with alternate universes and parallel universes. Every decision that is made, you know, there's... There's a, there's a universe for every decision that you've made, whether it's turned left or right. There's a spin-off universe of that and it cascades. And the thing is, I love that idea that, you know, there are, you know, p- these people can be happy in another universe. It's just yeah. in, our, in our universe that we're watching this from, that we've been following all season... You know, things have gone very badly for mm. all of these characters. You know, one choice could have been the thing that's made it go this way.
4: It's like sliding doors. Exactly. It? Mm. And it's
0: fascinating. So I'm a big fan of it. I'm going to give it four. But I think we need to crack on. We're going to do a scene by scene recap. We're going to go through the major scenes and discuss what we think about them. Then we're going to move on to King Corner, which is, you know, everyone seems to love King Corner, don't they? Yeah. Just uh highlighting all of the Stephen King adaptations and novels and how they relate to this and how we can sort of pin different characters and motives behind that. And then we're going to move on to listener feedback. So let's crack on. Hello. Yes, it's me yet again. You just heard me a minute ago, but I'm back again to say uh, this is the advert section. Please, uh, if you are enjoying this episode, please do subscribe to Castle Rock Critical. We really do appreciate it. Listener reaction's been great. Uh, You know, we have a lot of fun making this podcast and we have a lot of fun hearing your guys' theories and hearing the feedbacks. that's really appreciated. We have another podcast, which is called Fan Critical. ...that's fan critical... ...it's also on any podcast app... ...Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn... ...all of those locations... ...if you like anything like Star Wars... ...any Marvel film, Black Mirror, Stranger Things... ...The Walking Dead, Westworld, Game of Thrones... ...we've covered it all before... ...and we will be covering it again... ...so um, please do subscribe to that... ...if you're into any of that sort of stuff... ...it's just the same crew back together again... ...so it's uh, it's good fun... ...check out the Facebook groups... ...check out the Reddit... ...r slash Castle Rock TV... ...if you want any theory discussion... ...the off-season will be happening soon... ...there is only one episode left... So, you know, it's a good, if you need some Castle Rock fix, they're good places to go and hear some theories, hear some details about production on season two, the new characters, the new story that we're going to be getting. Now, this is interesting. We've decided with our friends over at Castle Rock Historical Society to host a live YouTube feedback session, an episode on Sunday before
4: Sunday, Sunday, Sunday,
0: Sunday, Sunday, Sunday <laughs> before uh, the final episode of the season. And what we're going to do is a group of us, not all of us can make it, but a group of us are going to get together with Castle Rock Historical Society podcast. We're going to take your comments in the YouTube uh, like live feed comments. I think that's how it works. Acadia is sorting it out over there, so putting this all on New Acadia, but basically (laughs) we're going to do that on Sunday we're going to take your questions hopes and fears for the episode hopes and fears for the rest of the season because you know a lot rests on this last episode Mm. so there's no official time for that yet and obviously people are listening from loads of different places around the world so what we're going to do is we're going to find a time that we can all do between us in the next few days, when that time is agreed on our social media channels, so that's at @fancriticalpod pod on Twitter and at fan underscore critical on Instagram or at any of the Castle Rock Historical Society social media channels, we will announce by Friday what the plan is and when we're going to do it. And we'll release a bunch of times, whether you're in England, America, Australia, China, wherever, um, and We would love participation from you guys because, you know, we're going to have a chat with each other anyway, but we thought it'd be really fun to bring you guys in and have a, you know, an honest discussion about anything that we've missed um, and just uh, the way you feel about the season. And if you think this show can be regarded as one of the great shows of this, of this year, you know, do you think it's going to get any awards? Do you think the acting deserves awards? Do you think, you know, the directing, do you think the bottle episodes could be nominated for awards? Any of that sort of stuff, you know? So Check our social media feeds. We'll put it out there in the next few days about times and places. But Sunday at some point, wherever you are in the world, we're having a live discussion with Castle Rock Historical Society and the fans. Mm. Exciting stuff. Yeah, very exciting. And just to say, feedback is open to this podcast. So if you have any theories or think that we've done anything wrong, please do email us at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com. We get feedback every week, we sort through, and then we say your theories here on the podcast and what we think about them. And some have been bang on, to be fair. So better than ours, really. So that's it. Back to the podcast. So, guys, straight off the bat, we've got a lovely montage, which is... A parallel, and parallels are a big theme this episode, as as we're about to find out, uh, to the monologue of Dale Lacey back in episode two. And this is what is said God turned his back on this place,
5: abandoned us. That's what people say. Or they say he's punishing us for our sins like Sodom and Gomorrah. You remember the helicopter crash? How about the school bus? People say... It wasn't me. It was this place. The thing
0: is they right now i love this opening because i i, I love the fact that we get in the you know exact pretty much exactly the same voiceover narration that Lacey gave um and what we're about to find out is that this is being narrated in an alternate universe this is the rev in We could do the Earth 2 thing. We could call them Skarsgård, Skarsgård Universe. Yeah, we'll call it Skarsgård Universe. So this is in Skarsgård Universe. It's the Rev talking about, you know, the the terrors of the town, the things that have befallen the town. And the interesting thing about this is the fact that we've got a helicopter crash and the school bus. And off the top of my head, they aren't related to anything that we know in the King canon. Off the top of my head. So an M
2: no they're um are
0: not so the interesting thing about that straight away is okay that's when you should be thinking if you know your stephen king stuff wait a minute this is different this is weird i don't know these things Mm. so that's the first sort of sign that we're in this different universe okay so this next part was extremely creepy when i was a boy my mother told me a story
5: about resurrection she was young alone convinced the devil had a hold of me. Maybe he did. Or maybe he had a hold of my mother. dedicated the rest of my life to his grace to fighting this great battle to hearing his voice let me stand athwart the door I told him but God he doesn't take requests so I waited for years for instructions and then one day one terrible day god answer
0: so corinthians we were bang on weren't we we were absolutely bang on resurrection yeah we said the rev was coming back little did we know he already has come Mm -hmm. back from the dead so that was a nice little little nod there to something that we've been talking about for a long time because he's been banging on about this death swallowed up in victory he's been banging on about corinthians he's been you know we've heard that speech over and over again for a couple of episodes yeah. so to have that payoff now of that's why he's so enamored with this idea of resurrection is very interesting i wonder yeah. if that happened to him in uh our you know our universe not the original the, universe, yeah not the Skarsgård guard universe i mean that's an interesting thought do you think it did
4: I'm not a fan of that and you know me I'm like the disturbed dark uh, troubled version uh, of this
0: yes true yes
4: um I didn't like that
0: you didn't like the baby being attempted to be killed with a coat hanger correct but, yeah I I felt that but I t- nobody
3: t- would like that like no one enjoys that oh, but Why I, I didn't I, but you
4: but like as, as, it?
0: as a it put me on edge but it's creepy and you oh. know it's it's Stephen Kingy it's horror it's this sort of you know <laughs> he's an affected Character because of that one incident that he was told. Why is his mother telling him that? Because obviously he doesn't remember that incident. Why is his mother telling Maybe.
1: him? Very rare, very it'd unlikely. Weird, it? Yeah, it'd be weird. I've got to say that there is a there is a small chance that it's not resurrection. She just didn't finish the job. Yeah, that's what I think. As that. she intended as well. And it's like, you know, you, 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 <laughs> he's basing the rest of his life basically on this—the um the fact that he was resurrected, mm. according to his clearly mental mother yes like she could have just not done a very good job yeah, i mean that's
3: what i thought as well gaz
1: yeah i i do
0: think that he is a very fanatical man who takes things you know to the extremes shall we say
4: maybe his mum heard the schisma and it was like kill the baby because a baby's very possible very possible and then very she possible. goes to kill the baby and it's like well actually i can't do this this is mental
0: Very possible as well. I mean, you know, what was affecting her? He said the devil had a hold of her. I mean, it's very very interesting. We've talked about the Crimson King before Mm. in relation to Stephen King. We've talked about these overarching evils plaguing this town. So this is where we get the first idea that it's a parallel universe. Um, We see the Rev building a cage. He's building a cage just like Dale Lacey did down in his basement. And then we get the title scene. Okay, so the cage scene. Should pretty much tell us right there, like, that. that's that's different. We ain't seen that before. That's, mm. you know, he was never keeping anyone around when Henry was there. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. that's where we pick it up. But, hey, the kid's running through the streets. Siren's blaring. He's on the run. You know, they're trying to fool you here, aren't they? Aren't they, John? Mm. Trying to get you? Oh, were you fooled? No, definitely not. <laughs> He's out for a little jog. He's doing I his fitness. <laughs> He's doing his cardio, you know. So cardio is very important. But, you know, this is a successful, successful kid. We're seeing him, you know, he's seeing his little his little life. He's putting on a suit. Yeah. Oh creepy. He's putting on a suit, isn't he? actually
3: worse than wearing his dad's suit, like wearing his own well-fitted suit. Well fitted suit. He's yeah. great. very well fitted. I prefer him in his dad's suit, I'm not gonna lie.
0: So this is good for Bill, Billy Billy S, because uh finally he gets to do something. He mm. gets he gets something to work with in this episode. He's got some lines, he's got mm. some he's got some actual delivery to, to yeah. people to What's work my with. Motivation? Yeah. was it your motivation for the whole season? is uh, be creepy, walk around with one shoulder lower yeah, than the other, so and low. scare everyone. But there's one episode, mate, where you get to be...
4: You don't have to shoulder the burden. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
0: Also... And he pulls a cat out of the bag, doesn't he? Oh! Ooh. Oh! We'll get onto yeah. it. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> so, nah, it does We'll get onto it. <laughs> um, turns out, Henry II, or Henry Skarsgård, as we're going to call him for the yes. rest of the episode. The oh. eighth
3: Skarsgård brother. Yeah,
0: Henry Skarsgård. <laughs> Turns out that he's an Alzheimer's doctor. Um, and he's going to a very important pitch to pitch his new cure for what he believes the cure to be of Alzheimer's. Mm. Um, he mentions the confusion of time and space. This is obviously tying very nicely into Ruth's storyline. He then mentions that his treatment on the cat Puck works. So, guys, Puck
4: Oh, yeah. the, the Poor the dog, little cat. Isn't it? Yeah, but yeah.
3: how dog sad the did cat. the cat look? Yeah, what? Oh, what, what's what? laying there going, what? I don't know what's happening. The cat won't remember. No, I know, but that's what's sad. But yeah, a nice little like synergy between, obviously, the cat and the dog, mm. it, between universes.
0: Alternate universes.
3: I think um, what I quite liked about this whole
2: scene, when I finally realised we're in an alternate universe, I'm a bit slow, if you haven't noticed that, um, was that some things <laughs> don't change. So there's still a pet called Puck. Ruth still has Alzheimer's. Yeah. Um, Alan still loves Ruth. And and those things for me, I like that little bit of consistency because it's almost like the butterfly effect kind of thing, isn't it? Where, you know, something could happen ever so slightly differently and all of a sudden it it changes the rest of the course
4: of history. It looks like he's doing well for himself as well as opposed to, you know, Henry Diva uh, who is a shit Criminal lawyer. justice lawyer, yes, yeah. yeah, just keeps losing. <clears throat> yeah, T-
0: tough business, though. I
1: mean, they're both tough businesses, to be fair. And I would know nothing about either of them. What I like about what Emma's saying, though, is that the the things that you are pointing out, Emma, that have stayed the same, are the things that you have no choice about, and it comes into that that um, that theme of like fatalism again. And you know what what you have a choice over, and what you don't. Like at yeah. some point, the Diva family would have gone, "All right, let's get a pet. What we're going to get, dog or a cat?" And in this, in the Skarsgård universe, they chose a cat. Um, but obviously, Ruth has no choice over getting dementia or not. So it's one of those things. Bill Skarsgård, diva, has a choice over whether he buys his own suit or wears his dad's. And in his universe, he's bought his own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he made the wrong choice. That's where it went wrong. Uh, he went wrong on the suit, the
0: suit choices. It. Unbelievable. You've I told a you, a good skinny suit will get will get you a long way mm. in today's world.
2: That is the root of all evil in Castle Rock. It's just a suit choice.
0: So it turns out, he, his life looking pretty good. He's not only has he cured Alzheimer's. Let's let's assume that he's cured it because yeah, you he know has. he's cured he's it. He's on the way. He's a legend. <laughs> um, he's also in a loving relationship with I think a girl called Marit. So, I think
3: her name's Mary. I think it's Marit, and I think. She might be his mum because why does everyone he comes into contact with look
0: so much older
3: than him? That's bad casting. If they were always planning on having him to be Henry, I'm sorry, but like he's meant to be bezies with like Molly when he was a kid. She looks like his mum. His wife looks like Molly, so also his mum. Mm. Everyone that Skarsgård comes into contact with as Henry looks like his parents. Yeah.
0: I think he just looks very youthful.
3: No, but why did they choose him? Because he just, he's like, yeah, hello, Molly, true. we were friends at school. Was like, But no, you weren't. You still look like you're wearing your dad's suit at this point. Like, yeah. nah, That's one of the points where it fell down for me, is that yeah. he just looked too young <laughs> to be Henry in the same time as our Henry is Henry.
0: It's interesting, that whole concept, but you need to remember that they are different. Because the Henry Skarsgård that we're seeing here is the true born son are of they, Ruth. Are yes. they the
3: same age?
0: No, because, no, you've got to remember that Henry in the Skarsgård universe, the kid, is the actual son that didn't die mm. in birth. So, yes, they are different ages because Henry Diva was it's adopted. About
4: five years in that respect. And <laughs> I still don't
3: think right. he'd have some kind of childhood friendship with Molly.
4: Well, irrespective of Molly, his missus is too old for yeah. him. Yeah. Fine. I'm not too old
3: for him, right. but she looks too old for him. <laughs>
0: right. So they're talking about kids. Who thinks they're going to call their kid Wendell? Me! Is that yep. something like yep. that you have no choice over, Gareth?
1: Yeah. To be honest, I had the thought at the time. I was like, please don't say, let's call him Wendell. I, I was crossing my fingers and they didn't. So that's yeah. okay.
0: When he gets back there, Gareth... When he gets back to his universe and she's already had the baby, say if say if some time has
1: elapsed and uh, elapsed, and say if it isn't just eleven days after or whatever, um, I think she will have called him Wendell. I agree, and that's gonna that's gonna upset me. That's gonna knock a blueberry off the finale score, to be honest. Right, you get a call from Alan Pangborn, and
0: I was just happy to hear Alan again. I'm happy to hear him alive. I miss Scott Glenn's voice a lot. He has got one of the best voices in television or film whatever he turns, whatever he starts to do, John. In media. Yeah, he's lovely.
4: Well, they were correct to not show him, though.
0: Yeah, correct to not show mm. him. I, I think it was, you know, he had such a great sign-off in the Queen episode. And as we said at the time, it would be a shame to see him again mm. because of the emotional impact that his his death had. Mm. Um, once again, we miss you, Alan. But it turns out Henry's dad is dead in this timeline, the Rev. So he actually ended up living um, and not dying at Castle Bluff. And now he is dead. This prompts Henry to return to Castle Rock. Now, I don't know about you guys, but this town looked like a completely different town to me. Mm-hmm. Completely different. Let's run through some of the differences. The Mellow Tiger is no longer a rundown bar. It's the gastropub. The Mellow Tiger pub.
3: Gentrification. And I have Hipster.
0: to say, because we're in England... We love a We love a pub, don't we? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. What? Yes, you definitely love a pub. Yes. yes. But what? What? I can't stand the term gastropub. I can't stand it. <laughs> but
4: gastropubs are, they're on their way out.
0: They're, I hope so. I really do hope so. Well, you know, maybe that's a sign that Castle Rock in this universe is still failing because, you know, it's got a gastropub <laughs> and they're on the way out. <laughs>
4: yeah, correct.
0: Uh, correct. Um, they're having a lovely little fall harvest. The sixth, <laughs> the sixth annual Full Harvest. I was looking out for Pennywise. But
3: did you see that um, Henry Skarsgård <laughs> kind of walked through the crowd and there was all balloons around him? It made me think of Pennywise. Oh, yeah, yeah, so nice I, little touch, I thought. I
0: was looking out for him. There was a clown. There was a clown there. So, I, you know, I checked. It wasn't Pennywise. I didn't see Tim Curry pop out of nowhere or anything. So I think we're all What's good. Was no, Could you imagine? So from a symmetry point of view, I don't know if you guys noticed this, the shots of him arriving at home literally ties straight back into the first episode severance when henry was returning home he goes to the church he looks up at the spire he walks you know along the road and remember in episode one someone goes hey killer you know (laughs) the person we liken to you john and then basically you know all these same shots him approaching his house all of these same things it was it was very well you know put together and i love the fact that they're really you know hitting home this idea of a parallel universe and really sticking to the conventions that they set up in the first episode. Mm-hmm. When you guys saw the new look Castle Rock, what did you think at first?
2: I really liked it. Um, and I'm going to save quite a lot of my opinions for King Corner. But I thought it was a it was a really nice, um, interesting way to hammer home the parallel universe
3: thing i felt like it was nice to see a nice castle rock as a nice just like a normal town you know there are balloons there's a fair there's a harvest festival because it's autumn
0: It but, was nice but we need to remember this isn't it may seem nicer however the tragedies have still been going on the, the the difference here is it's not a run downtown there are still people dying as we find out later in the tapes yes, all but... the time so he returns home um and different to the henry universe where henry got a a sort of a warm welcome from a forgetful uh ruth she didn't remember who he was to be fair he goes in this place is a joke it's an absolute Mm. joke this guy the rev slob you know didn't the cleaner's not been around Mm. he's had enough
3: i think he's like a hoarder potentially i think it's more than being a slob
0: yeah it's just disgusting piles
3: upon piles
0: it's disgusting henry roaming around the house uh he sees molly Well, what he thinks to be Molly is actually her sister. Turns out, you know, we said she had a bit of a small role in this. She's also been in Fargo. I can never remember her name off the top of my head. But she's a great actress. Turns out now she's the fuck up in this reality, who is the sort of selling the houses. And, and, you know, and and Molly walks out and she's a successful councilwoman, like someone who is actually making active change in the town. So for her, this is an amazing you know, role reversal. It seems she's not taking oxy. She's not suppressing her abilities. She's
4: glam. Yeah. Well.
0: Bit arrogant. Oh,
3: I like her. She I like good. that.
0: I think she needs something about she's her character. there.
4: Bit I... arrogant. She's like, well, you know, I'm not quite in the mayor, but
0: will yeah. be, will be soon. <laughs> Confident. Um, so it's great to see that. And she reveals that Henry Diva, she says, and, and then that's when we obviously know that he's Henry Diva. I mean, we knew episodes ago that that was the case. Um, they go to the mellow tiger gastropub. Pub, Yes. Back to the gastro pub. They have a little catch up drink. Like they did, remember about early in the season, they went for a catch up drink at the Mellow Tiger when it was a rundown bar. And to be fair to you, I- I'd prefer to go to that rundown bar. I I, I quite like it's the I quite like the romanticism of going to dive sort of a dive bar. Yes, I like that. Especially Cheap. as Brits, you know, we see gastro pubs all the time. We quite like the American bar. I like the idea of sitting at the bar, yeah. just putting your money down leave the battle i know you like that sort of stuff john yeah 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 i yeah, love that they have a little conversation and i loved what they said here mm. how's your mom um sarasota oh you know who she lives with
5: <laughs> ellen Pangborn. the old sheriff yeah they had a kind of dark cross thing back in the day oh. he was the one who convinced her to leave my dad a few days after we ran off to boston alan shows up at the door and he um, takes
0: good care of him. In this timeline, Ruth and Alan are happily living Yay. away from this cursed land. How happy are we about that?
3: Really happy. She actually did leave him in this universe, and I do think, for that reason and many others, this is a better universe for so for all the concern. No one's really dead that we like.
0: Well, they're about to die. <laughs> so, um,
2: well, I also think that this is one of those things that. Um, kind of backs up what I said earlier about the alternate realities you know you make one choice differently so Ruth chooses to actually keep that suitcase packed and leave and mm. look at the difference in everybody's lives <clears throat> and, I, and I think that's really powerful
0: yeah and it's the one decision factor like you said um it, it's a knock on effect and that's mm. you know given people the license to live fuller lives especially the kid at this stage or mm. Henry Skarsgard as we're going to oh, call him
4: I mean are you happy about this timeline
0: and my ha- my only thing about alternate realities, and I love alternate realities, right? My only <laughs> thing it my only thing about Obsessed them is, them. like Rick and Morty says, and I said it last week, it lessens the emotional impact of characters we've been following. Yes, because there is an there's a get out clause. If there's yeah. infinite versions of the kid, and there's infinite versions of Henry, and there's infinite versions of Ruth and Alan, and they've got a happiness somewhere. Yes, I'm over the moon that there is a happy Ruth and Alan out there. My only problem with it and it is a very interesting issue that is tackled extremely well in rick and morty if you don't watch cartoons go check it out because it actually handles some (laughs) very decent subject matter Mm. um they they tackle it extremely well like you know does it matter if if there are infinite versions of you is the emotional attachment to your family to your loved ones as important as you think it is if there's another version that you can just switch out at any stage at any time so it's a very interesting question I like vignetted looks into different universes, and that's what we're getting here. You know, we're still in our universe.
1: We're not exactly. You know,
0: that's that's what that's our reality, isn't it, Gareth?
1: Yeah, yeah. That's 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 the point. I think is that yes, there, there can be a universe where there is a happy Ruth and, and Alan, and that's that's fine. But it's not our it's not our universe. It's not our version. We're seeing this other one, but it's not the one that that we know. These aren't the characters that we know. And mm-hmm. um, these, these aren't our versions, and so we're not actually invested in them, or we shouldn't be.
4: Well, yeah, that uh, like that's half the issue that I have with with this episode. Like, I don't really care what's going on, for the most part. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I understand that,
0: that. And, and that is that, you know, some people don't like this sort of storytelling because of those reasons, and it, that's absolutely fine.
4: It might be stronger if it's, like, the third episode mm. of mm. a 10-episode season, not we've got two episodes left, how much they have to cram into these two episodes to answer my, you know, hundred questions. Yeah. They've just given you an episode of things where it's like, well, they'll answer certain things, but then for the most part, it's like, look at this. And it's like, well, I don't care about that. Like what's Mm. going on in my world?
0: Yeah. And well, you know, I think luckily it's only going to be the one episode. And as I said, the majority nine episodes have been in our, our reality, as it were. And this is just a vignetted look. So, but in this vignetted look, we know that <clears throat> Molly still has the shine because uh, Henry explicitly says here, you knew things about me that no one else knew. You were able to tell certain things about me and say certain things that no one else could possibly know. So we know that her ability, like Ruth's Alzheimer's here, is a constant. Mm. And these constants are very important because they also will end up to find their lives in this reality. You know, are they always doomed to, to certain fates yeah. because of these things. Mm. And that's a very interesting subject and one that I think will be explored in the next episode. Yeah.
2: Given the scenario in which we are taken back to this, this flash of an alternate universe, is this true? Because this is Henry Skarsgård, but I'm sure we'll get onto that later.
0: We'll come on to that later. The unreliable narrator theory mm. is one I am a big fan big fan of and we will come on to that at the end of the episode. So stay tuned for that guys. That's going to be an interesting chat. Put a pin in it. Um so Henry goes back home. Guess what guys? Fuses are out. And I literally hate this job. It's literally one of my least favourite jobs. When the fuses go, I don't like rummage around in the dark yeah, anywhere. It is it's terrible. it's terrifying. So as he's rummaging around at the basement, we all knew what was going to happen. Very good horror show. Turns on the lights and who does he find Henry Diva. But our Henry Diva, you know we had images, flashes in previous schisma Box sequences, and Molly getting her empath abilities. And we, you know, in previous episodes, guys, we freeze framed and we've gone through and we've said the basement had dirt on the floor. There was like a meshed cage. Someone mm. came down the stairs. They had a screwdriver in their hands. Mm. You know, the, the, the kid literally before I don't know he
4: how you're doing that action. <laughs> yeah, <isn't> no,
0: <laughs> but before he, when he goes downstairs, he, he took the screwdriver out, and the moment he did that, I was like, Jesus, was going to find Henry down here then. Mm. So. It, it does tie quite nicely into those flashes that we've seen.
2: Small floor, uh, Henry Skarsgård is not wearing Henry Davis jumper. So well,
0: you know, that is an interesting point about the jumper. <laughs> because...
2: Jumper theory is... Like, He's, right not the theory. Well, He's not wearing it. He's not wearing
0: the right jumper. Yeah. So the interesting thing about that is, um, and I know we joked last week about him, like the theory is that he just took his jumper because it was cold and it was winter. <laughs> Turns out that's relevant because he's coming from a time when it wasn't as cold. I know, he's right? going to snow time. So yeah. wait a minute. Some some credence. Snow that, time. Yeah, winter. S- snow, sn- <laughs> no, Aka. <laughs> is, this, snow time. is this not the uh, like before aged before ten podcast? I have to. We say snow time. <laughs> 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 Don't learn winter yet. We haven't learned winter. Winty. Winty. Um, <laughs> But it's interesting because yeah, why was he wearing that jumper
1: in that in that? Actually, poster? just I, I mean, I don't want to drag out the jumper theory too much, but um, it, this actually might support the jumper theory because, you know, perhaps he gets into the, the new universe and then goes, oh, we better have a change of clothes. And Henry's, original Henry's jumper is around. So he does acquire the jumper from original Henry. And, you know, <laughs> let's just... There's, you know, I think there's there's more to the jumper and
0: we're going to get to it. So don't worry, guys. Okay. But the best surprise of the episode for me was seeing that Zalewski is back. Yay! Yes. Our boy, Zalewski. He's not
4: our boy, though, is he? No, he's, he's not the same. this time. This one's
0: actually better because he's probably getting paid more. And he's like, he's, he's quite content. He seems yeah. quite happy. he seems He's helping quite...
3: people. And like, he's doing a real job and not just like having... Like, that woman say horrible things to him all the time and having watching, like, prison guards knock food out of prisoners' hands. Oh, come on. I mean... That was horrible. I know that's your dream job, John, <laughs> but it's a horrible thing. Hey, knocked food out of my hands. A kind man like Zalewski.
0: Um. So, and this is interesting, he goes up to uh, the kid, or Henry Skarsgård, and says, he just keeps saying, Henry Matthew Diva, and Gareth, we said it last week... The first words that we heard from the kid's mouth were "Henry Matthew Diva." We nailed it in terms of that sort of theory
1: and that sort of discussion. Very well done from the showrunners, right? Yeah. Well, we we also we saw it in the uh, in the previously on Castle Rock as well. It was in there where she says, "What's your name?" and he re- he responds with "Henry Diva." They told us from episode one who he was exactly, and I like that.
0: I like that because at the time we were thinking, nah, this doesn't make any sense. And, and and it's nice that as the series has unfolded, we unpicked it and we got it. But it wasn't something that was that you know obvious to start off with. And I quite like that. And, and they haven't held it to the last episode. So there's still a little bit of uh, information to receive in the next episode, which we'll come on to in a bit because I've still got lots of questions. Little Henry, as in our Henry when he was a kid... But in the alternate universe, yes, is that confusing. <laughs> Hearing the schisma, there's police all around him. He's outside, you know, not the Lacey household, which is, he is in the previous episode, but he's outside the house with loads of police. He hears a noise and he bolts. Mm. Very interesting, considering that is exactly what he does in our universe, 27 years in the future or whatever. He's just been, you know, a, you know apprehended after the murder at the dead and breakfast. He hears a noise, he hears a noise and he bolts and the police go after him. So it's a very similar situation. Mm. This idea that these things are always meant to happen. Maybe Mm. he's bolting straight for the woods. He gets
3: a phone call, no?
0: Yes, but then he also, the editing, he hears the noise, the the noise drowns out the phone call, he runs.
3: Mm. Do
2: you um, you think that even though allegedly they're 27 years apart, they're clearly not because of the whole kid and the kid, kid thing. Um, do you think they're hearing the, hearing the same schisma noise and that older our older Henry and our Henry as a kid are going to somehow like meet in the mixing point in between worlds?
0: Well, they are the same person. So the interesting thing about that is, remember what Odin Branch said? He said, the schisma is trying to correct all other universes. That was his interpretation of the schisma. It's a correctional uh... noise. The, the schisma is calling... Both Henry's and the kids, and that's why they can hear it. That is why they can hear it, to the forest, to send them back to their relevant timelines. It, to correct n- it. To correct them. That They know there's a discrepancy there, the schisma. Whoever this overarching... <laughs> being is overseeing things.
3: There's obviously some kind of gap in the woods in Castle Rock, and that's why they've been able to cross yeah. over there. Yeah,
0: a rift in, you know, yeah. and we'll come on to that in the, the scientific term and the Stephen King terms for it in a bit, but yeah, st- stay tuned for that. That's going to be really interesting, and you're going to like it. John's going to like it. It's going to add a bit of science to what's going on. So at home, Henry Skarsgård discovers some extremely disturbing tapes, and here's a little montage of what they said.
5: Has it been a curse since the beginning? Since those original French settlers froze and starved 200 years ago, the only survivor, a young girl reduced to cutting up and eating the corpses of her own family, is that one?
0: an interesting point here about french settlers 200 years ago uh mm. frozen and starved and the lone surviving woman you know resorted to cannibalism i think we see her later on um, we do, yeah. Uh, you know so that's a very interesting thing and and i like the fact that we're getting these you know these different stories that we've never heard about before um and we're getting you know to see them in this you know this 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 plane that henry and molly and the kid or henry skarsgård walk through later on in the episode but this next clip is all the explanation we need about uh the rev his fanaticism and his obsession with the devil i heard something at the back
5: door this uh, scritch scratching something trying to get in this being a bad patch i pull my louisville slugger out of the closet throw open that back door and there he was he looks at me He looks at the bat, just as scared as can be. He looks caught. Can you blame him? He's between a man with a bat and uh, those woods he just came from. Well, I'll tell you, he wasn't the only one scared. I promise you, I reached for the phone. I I was going to call the police, child service, uh, the, the cavalry. And then he starts saying, I heard it, Dad. It was so loud, Dad. It was all around us in my head and it was too much and then you were gone and then I was gone and I woke up in the forest but suddenly there was no more snow and, and then I walked into town and it looked different, Castle Rock but different and not one person in town knew me. I asked him how, uh, I like my eggs cooked over the propane stove, uh, the, the name we gave to the bend in the view. He knew it. He knew it all. And it felt like uh, redemption. Like he'd been returned to me. Changed, but the same. Restored. My sweet Henry back to me at last. And it was then I realized what I'd done. I'd wished. Not prayed. Wished. Desired for this just this and here it was like I'd ordered it off the damn TV well we know just who that is don't we who gives you what you wish when you need it most with just a string or three attached i had been bought bought cheap this was no son of mine
0: We've been told it all along throughout the whole season. The kid is the devil. Whether you're hearing it from Lacey's perspective or you're hearing it from the Rev's perspective. And there is a question to be asked there about how Lacey knew he was the devil. So Mm. we need to come on to that later on. But I like the idea that the reason the Rev is calling him a devil is just like we said from the start, from the first couple of episodes we recorded. He's just a fanatical man who is mad. Yeah. Who is you know and same with lacy you know beating this ideology into this person that they are a bad person okay that they are the devil because you know because of some flaw in their own nature some sort of search that they need to find to make themso- themselves feel whole it's a very interesting point um there might be more to it supernatural wise obviously about the death and destruction that follows them around but I think we nailed that pretty much from the start, that this is a nurture, not nature situation. Yeah.
1: And I I think we said as well, we said, if you think that you're hearing the voice of God, like what what does that sound like as opposed to the sound to the voice of the devil? Like if you if you truly believe that that's what you're hearing, then you could easily be misunderstanding that. And it's not the voice of God. It's the voice of the devil. And that's exactly what. Diva thinks, and it and it can't be. He can't be thinking it's because of the terrible things that follow him around, because he makes that assertion about our Henry immediately. Maybe why he thinks he's
0: the devil after years of capture, not initially, is because Henry and Molly have a chat after this, and they, you know, Henry plays the tapes. Henry Skarsgård, this is Mm. plays the tapes to Molly, Um, and they figure out like we've got fourteen hundred tapes here.
3: I did some maths with the actual number. Divided by 52 and it's 27 years worth.
0: 27 years worth of tapes. Good work, Lucy. 27 years worth of tapes. And they're sitting there going, that kid's only like 12 years old. So that's the interesting point where we're getting this, you know, he doesn't age here. The kid doesn't age there. And they get that, you know, they get that exact parallel going on. And that's when they start realising, you know, something's wrong here.
4: Mm. No birthdays, no presents.
0: Do you think he had present? He had a toy car. Oh,
4: well, spoiled then because it wasn't his birthday.
0: it. Good point, John. So, Very good point. You know, in a way, he
4: was treated quite well. It taught.
3: He taught him to carve figures out of soap, like um, him, uh, Matthew Diva was taught by his own father. Yeah, and, you know... It's, Which is not a treat, I don't think.
0: I mean, soap. <laughs> carving out of soap. I
1: mean, I suppose... What else would you carve? Wood, maybe? Why is maybe? He giving him a knife? Yeah, good point. They used to... Um, they used to watch the baseball together which I called like two episodes ago I take it all back you know he's a lovely lovely man
4: no he I don't think he took him to the game though did he
0: <laughs> yeah. well, no he no ball no ball and chain in hand <laughs> like you know you can't fucking like, leave or anything but... no like
4: he'd leave the door open at the top of the uh, the basement whilst he's watching it and, and he'd he go hear the, hear the noise yeah
0: and he'd go oh yeah what what's what's the score oh you know uh, I don't know what the scores are in baseball uh, <laughs> a couple <laughs> of home runs to none yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm very sorry. I've been to a baseball game, but it's like cricket. I know a lot about cricket, but if you haven't watched the sport for years, a couple you
3: ain't... of home
0: runs to none. Couple yeah. of home runs to none. After their discussion, Henry and Molly go to Juniper Hill, which is incidentally Boys. where they're taken. You know, when any... where anyone is taken, it seems if you're slightly unhinged or you know found in a cage. So basically, Fact. they take them there, <laughs> and guess what? Fire, fire and death surrounding this place once again i fire feel sorry blood. for the staff working here because they're having a bad both universes come on they're just trying to make people sane but anyway yeah. turns out they lit their mattresses guys lit their mattresses exactly the same as the kid exactly the same turns out it was uh little henry's fault for the fire everything so they take him to the police station obviously um we finally see Henry one, Henry Diva, our Henry in the interrogation room scene that we've seen in, you know, teased in Little Vision where he's mm. wearing those really cool shades. Very cool. And we were like, what's going on here? You know, what, you know, how, how is this a scene? We didn't understand how this was going to be a scene. And it's nice that we finally get here. And this is what is said.
5: I couldn't stop him. The boy in the bed next to
2: mine, it was, he was too close.
5: Too close to what? We have to go to the woods
0: there's not much time left he got too close so the touch theory absolutely hammered home here we're getting more answers and uh molly does not heed the advice just goes oh yeah don't worry about it mate
4: oh. <laughs> and
0: i just touched john there so he's now dead yeah. um Let's hope so. well <laughs> jesus if i had that ability um but <laughs> so we knew she was going to die in this episode not only did we get the reveal last week that that's where she died, we now know that she's touched the kid, as in a Henry. Not like that. And uh, we know that we know that, you know, she's a goner, basically. So devastating.
4: How much more on the nose does it have to be that in the in the previous episode it's like, yeah, you die. We we know she's gonna die in this episode.
0: Yeah, I mean well, and I'll come on to that in a bit. The vision what? the visions don't match up. The visions do no, match up. They don't. So they don't so Once again, put a pin in it. We'll come back to it at the end. She she uses her shine ability and she she sees everything. She sees this alternate timeline that he comes that he comes from when she was a kid and, you know, flashing the light and the fact that you know, all the things with the rev from that timeline. So it's amazing. She somehow is able to, you know, interpret all of this because she's embracing her ability in this timeline to, you know, maybe use it to even get into a position of power, being a councilman, understanding what people want and what they feel. Um So she believes him. And straight away, she's like, we need to get this boy to the woods. Yeah.
2: Does she use her shine or... Does it just happen because she touches mm. the kid?
0: I, well, I think that she, like we said earlier, like Henry Skarsgård says that she was always a- able to know certain things. So maybe she, her ability... But I think in a different way. Yeah, maybe her ability has been dormant and it has been awoken by these events. It's very interesting point.
2: I think that's kind of what I'm getting at here is that I don't think she does this intentionally. I think
3: that... It is awoken by touching the kid.
2: Mm. Well, Jesus. should we call him
3: young Henry? Because that's he's not the kid. The kid that we know of is Bill Skarsgård. Yes. You're yes. referring to young that's Henry. It. Yes,
0: hopefully everyone stay with us. It is very confusing. And
3: also, I think that's a good point, Emma, because um, Molly seems so much more together in mm. this universe. No oxy, that yeah, we know of. Because know it of. doesn't seem like she needs to stifle her powers, whereas touching young Henry, touching his arm Ooh. in the interrogation room... <laughs> Um, seems to bring it out, and she, but she sees stuff. Shut up. The point Lucy's
2: trying to make is that Molly I has touched young Henry and adult Henry. Yeah, boy, uh, no, actually. sorry, um, no, that it inst- that she hasn't. She's not tormented by her shine in this universe, is she? <laughs> she's um, she's able to tolerate it. It might just be a sense or a feeling instead of crippling visions and hallucinations mm. and all sorts. Yes,
0: yeah, definitely. Molly is able to convince the police to allow our Henry, young Henry, to stay at the uh, the Molly residence, as it were. You know, little did he know he'd be there in 27 years banging her, but it happens. <laughs> so uh, basically, as they're heading back in the car, um, she makes, you know, after the visions that she's had using her empath, empath ability, mm. she uses the train to, you know, fool our boy Zilevsky. He's not the sharpest tool in
1: the shed so well no let's not have a go let's not have a go at him like what's he supposed to do there like i know he i was thinking about this because i was like fuck nobody's going to believe him here when he goes honestly she cut in front of a train that i had there was nothing i could do what could he have done
3: and also why would he think that they're going to take him and run off into the woods like that's not something he would be expecting
0: yeah anyway they do. They run off into the woods as you know. She releases Henry into the wild, as I say, or our Henry, the, you know, li- little Henry. <laughs> to the wild, be free, be free, little Henry. And they all run after him to see him frolic with his other friends. He did what? They frolic, uh, and you know, we finally see this thing that we knew that was going to happen. This thing, this this gateway to other realms, uh the schisma, or as it's called in the Dark Tower, the Toadash space. Now, M, I'm putting this in here because I think we need a bit of clarification on on and not in King Korra, I'm not in King Korra, I'm putting it here because I think we need a bit of clarification on what is going on. You know, the nothingness of toad Dash space escapes into adjacent universes, yeah? So basically it's caused, you know, it's this this idea of that in the Stephen King canon they're called thinnies. And Gaz, you will like this because I know you love the mist, but it's the idea of different (laughs) realities crossing into ours, these little pockets where realities blur into one another and there is a slight gateway between them. That's sort of what happened in the mist, Gaz, and that's what they were, you know, working on in the facility and then it caused a rift in the universes and, you know
4: haven't
0: Finished the mist. The rest is well, it's at the start, so um, <laughs> well, she hasn't started, she hasn't started the mist. She hasn't started the mist. <laughs> um, so it allows someone to travel between the state of Todash Dash is something that allows a human or an entity to travel between universes. So we know that Henry Diva, in pretty much all, let's assume, all of his possibilities is allowed to travel between universes if he gets to these certain places. And the interesting thing about the TODASH state is that it's accompanied by something called Carmen or chimes, which produces an unpleasant sound, Mm. right? So we know the unpleasant sound is the schisma, right? And that's the sound of the thinny. And the thinny is, like I said, a little rift in in universes that allows people to travel between them. not saying it's linked to Pennywise because it's not. It's probably not. But there might be a reason why things like it Mm. arise every 27 years. They're all, you know, cohesive, coherent. They all sort of work in tandem with each other. These supernatural spikes in activity happen at the same time. And that's an interesting concept. So the Thinny theory confirmed. The Toad Ash state confirmed. Alternate Henry's confirmed. And it's all Dark Tower stuff. So loving that
2: this is one of the bits or one of the elements of this episode that I liked much more in hindsight than I did at the time. So the, the kind of time travely split university or sort of thing. um, Cause it, it is quite on my street. It's I, I like sci-fi. I like alternate universes. I like a bit of kind of fantasy supernatural that's really, you know, rather than as Lucy said, the kind of horror. Mm. I like that element of Stephen King. um, And when we get to this bit, this for me, in hindsight, was one of the most interesting things to think about, about this episode. And what does it mean? And, you know, I then went, and having not read the Dark Tower series yet, uh, I went and did a little bit of research to learn about the things that Len's just told us all, uh, but thought I'd leave it for him. And that that actually got me quite excited about it. I think it's quite interesting.
0: I think it gives, and John, I'm just jumping in before you here. Go on, go for it, I think it gives them a strong, strong amount of possibilities for season two, three, four, five, because we were worried that uh, the fact that this happens in present day means that the only way they could go is back in time and we know this is an anthology series so we knew they'd have to tell a story that we might already know Mm. now it gives us a whole carte blanche scenario where they can say well we can tell a, a story from a different level of the tower a different realm a different reality and I quite like that so it means that these things might not be connected. Some things will be connected because of the multiverse, but some things we won't know about, like the school bus, like the helicopter crash. You know, we'll get maybe some whole fresh stories in the town in a different reality. And I think that opens up a very wide berth of possibilities for them. Mm. Now, whenever we watch Castle Rock, we've got to think, where are we? Mm. We're not thinking, when are we? We're thinking, (laughs) where are we as well? So that's a very interesting concept. It's not like Westworld. (laughs) It's It's just like Westworld, actually. It's it's
2: just a different... (laughs) Uh, different thing. It's a different
0: yeah. W, isn't different, it? Different W. Different W. Yeah. Um, but as they stand there in between realities, we see some some weird stuff, okay? Um, we see a girl, old-timey girl, I'll call her, with a knife. Very, very creepy. Obviously, this is the French girl that was referenced earlier, being having to carve up the bodies of the mm-hmm. dead um, and eat them because she was the last known survivor. Uh, We then see the flock of birds, crows, birds. Obviously, we've talked about it so much in this podcast, but related to the dark half, related to this idea, Stephen King's idea of of these birds being harbingers of death. Um, You know, it's very interesting. Who's controlling these birds? Is this maybe, you know, this is the toad ash space, like we said, could be the Crimson King controlling such things. Mm -hmm. You know, interesting thing to think about. Zed, as they're chasing uh, Molly and the kid, as they scamper through the forest, fires a shot into the sky um, and somehow it hits Molly. Now, good shot.
3: Well, I think it kind of hits the...
0: Uh, hits the bird, falls the down. E- no, no. <laughs>
3: it hits the kind of, what is that weird thing, toad dash...
0: Toe dash, yeah,
3: and then it hits her.
0: Well, and the, the thing about it is, it might not have been him that fired the bullet. It could have been any any one of those realities.
4: Ruth,
0: mm. agreed. Could have also been Ruth, right? Yeah, Gat? I
1: think I think the way that he reacts, <clears throat> I think that's they they've deliberately put in Zalewski saying, "Well, hold on, I fired that into the air. It doesn't. I couldn't have hit her. They're not going to. They're not going to put that in to the show if it didn't have any significance. So, I I don't think it's. I don't think it's him. Um, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't want to speculate who who it could have been, but the possibilities are endless, aren't they? Really, we've got multiverse. Yeah,
0: and, you know, it's probably because she, you know, touched our Henry, young Henry, as we call him. Um, we then see some more interesting different realities. We see uh, some prisoners escaping, the chain gang escaping, being chased probably from Shawshank. Uh, looks like it's, you know... Still quite old-fashioned sort of prison stuff. So it's interesting about time as well. We see a girl so- self-harming against a tree. Mm. I have no idea what that could be. Um, we see creepy knife girl again because she wasn't scary enough the first time. More birds. And then absolute silence as Molly dies in, um, in Henry Skarsgård's arms. He awakens or he just appears in a snow-covered forest now. And he stumbles onto Castle Bluff. And he sees young Henry, our Henry, who has been trapped in an alternate universe for twenty seven years, rescued by the boy, Alan Pangborn. Mm. Um so we're full circle, guys. We're complete full circle there. He's on
1: Pride Rock, you know, circle of life. This I out. think this is the um I agree. I think I think this is why um I quite like this episode because it's we, we kind of we saw this we saw this coming, um a little while back, and uh, and that's that's fine. I don't think I don't think it's always a problem if you've predicted how things are going to go. I think mm. there's a bit of an obsession sometimes with to, kind of constantly yes. wanting to be surprised. But definitely, like if you if you figure it out, then that's fine. My only my not my only, but my biggest concern really is that um, I guess from this point, Henry Skarsgård mm. then turns into. An absolute creep yes and like it, it doesn't make to me i'm like well yeah. even if you were locked up for 27 years and i get that that's a long time and you probably lose it a little bit yeah there's not really any reason why he wouldn't tell somebody what's yeah. happened yeah and and we're going to come on to, we're going to come on to that in about
0: two minutes Gareth, So just bear with me okay bear with me for one second uh it turns out that this whole story has been henry skarsgård now we're back in our reality. We're going to call him the kid again. Yeah, The kid has been telling Molly all of this, right? And even in the official podcast, they've said it's a dramatization of, of the story. You know, you've got to think who the narrator of the story is. We've had some feedback, which we'll come on to later from Sherry and feedback. And she says, we need to look at this as well. How convenient is it that in this universe, Molly is painted out to be some sort of fine, perfectly, you know, absolutely dreamy girl or something like that, you know, is he lying? Is it an unreliable narrative? Mm. I mean, you're right. Why hasn't he said this ever Mm -hmm. before? Like, 27 years, yes, it's dreadful, but people have been on, you know, death row, you know, life in prison for that long.
3: He wasn't like in solitary for 27 years because he was talking to people the warden was coming down and speaking to him and i swear you'll have to like (laughs) correct me (laughs) if i'm wrong but is it not that the that lacy said tell people you want henry diva
0: yeah so there's a lot of questions still left to be answered but the interesting thing is can we trust this interpretation of another reality or is it all a bit of trickery is it trickery?
3: Is it like Castle Rock being so perfect? Is that not not perfect? But you know, it's a lot
0: better. It still had its flaws and I it, know. And it it's was a
4: major flaws.
0: And it, and it was a believable story in some respects, but But it's
3: like the Castle Rock that we know and the Castle Rock of this other reality are so different like is yeah. that just him being like oh yeah and yeah you know, it's really nice and you're like nearly the mayor and you know <laughs> and i'm henry in there and obviously you know i'm fairly tall and like attractive and you know alan there. i've got dead. my own
1: suit
3: i'm not even wearing my dad's suit anymore you know it's yeah. a good life we're i've having. gone
0: up in the world no so it's interesting guys think about that everyone listening do you believe you know that in the, the version of events that that, that Henry Skarsgård, the kid, has presented us, basically.
4: But like, I mean, if it's not, if it's very different to what he's I, said, yes, yes. What's the point in the episode? I mean, this is the penultimate episode. Yeah. Right.
0: Like, well, I think there could be small differences.
4: Well then, well then, why does it matter that it's a, a dramatization? Anyone that tells a story, it's going to be slightly different. Mm. Um, but... Maybe
3: they're still in alternate universes, and everything that happened happened. But it's actually like Molly's life's even worse because he's telling her it, and like a lot of the details are different. Mm. But the result of them switching over is still. I don't,
1: I don't think. I don't. I don't think that. Um, I think John is absolutely right, and I don't think we'll actually find out what was absolutely true and what wasn't. We're not going to... I don't think we're going to go back, um, or at least we're not going to go back for any significant period of time to Henry Skarsgård's universe. Yeah. Um, And I think the question is just... It's just there. It's just... Was that... Is he a reliable narrator or not? Like, is that absolutely the truth? And I don't think it really is going to matter too much, personally. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it's just left left to us again to, to make up our
0: own minds. A fun game next. We're about to approach the season finale. And uh, I thought it'd be fun to do a sort of quick little round. I'm going to play some Countdown music. For anyone listening in America, do they have Countdown? I don't know if they've got Countdown. Countdown is a game. Jeopardy. Jeopardy, perhaps. A tune we're going to play, which makes you feel like time is running out. Ooh. And what we're going to do is I'm going to go round the room the podcast room, and ask several quickfire questions. And I want whatever comes into your guys' heads. And these are still things that need to be answered in the season finale. And by the way, guys, I know we got a lot of answers this episode, but there's quite a lot that still needs to be answered. Okay? Mm -hmm. Still a lot of things hanging there. And even some more questions were posed this episode. So, Mm. guys, I'm going to play the music. I want you all to look away from my notes right now. Okay. And then when I ask you the question, I'll say your name. I want your f- the first thing that comes into your head, yeah. And these are serious questions, some of them, some of them, about what needs to be answered. Okay. Mm. Start. Right. The- start the music, John. Why did Lacey know to capture Henry?
4: Um, just a, a, some sort of leaflet campaign. Leaflet campaign,
1: <sighs> Gareth. Why did Lacey kill himself? Uh, some sort of leaflet campaign. <laughs> <laughs> Emma, why do they not age? Henry or Henry
0: II? Aloe vera. Right, okay. Lucy, why do people die around them?
3: Uh, too hot to handle.
0: Right, John, is Ruth travelling the Toadash space?
4: Yes. Yeah,
0: there you go. <laughs> Gareth, will Henry I return to the other timeline if he goes with Henry Skarsgård to the woods? Uh, that's confusing. Um, Quickly. No, he will okay. stay Emma, here. <laughs> Emma, where's Wendell? Where'd he go? <laughs> Lucy, will Molly die in our reality? Yes. John, will we see Alan ever again? No. Gareth, will we see Pennywise? <laughs> uh, no. Okay, Emma Y 27 years.
2: Kiss 27 Club in it.
0: And finally, Lucy, did Henry Skarsgard take Henry One's jumper?
4: Yes, he did! Yeah. Yes,
0: that's yes, right, yeah. and that's the end of it. Oh, We've given a spoiler warning
4: for the last episode. <laughs> <then>? <laughs>
0: yeah spoiler warning for the last episode that was a little fun game wasn't it but it's time for everyone's favorite segment king corner however there is a little you know there's a little asterisk next to it this week gareth has to go teach people he actually teaches people things mental that he does that um sorry to all young people in australia but he <laughs> he's off to do that
1: and whilst he does he's gonna say bye go on mate all right see you later everybody Enjoy King Corner. I can't wait to listen to it later. And now we pass over to Emma for the favourite section of King Corner.
5: I'm innocent, Red. Just like everybody else here. The house is burning. Hiya, Georgie! I'm
4: afraid I have a tendency to turn up the heat.
5: Red rum! Red rum! <laughs> creepy carry!
4: Creepy carry! <laughs> you flop! so!
2: Hello and welcome back to King Corner. Uh, we've had a lot of chat on our scene by scene and now it is time to go into detail uh, about some of the lovely little tidbits and Easter eggs from the King canon in this episode. A couple of things that we've we've already mentioned but one of them was uh, about Molly touching Henry, uh, um, yeah. young Henry. Yes. Yeah. Oh. And, I, and I went, you Obsessed know, is, yes. I went off Ooh. on one, didn't I? About, you know, well, touching him in awakening the shine yeah
4: Uh, uh, (laughs) that's one way to put it that sounds awful doesn't it it does Mm. sound bad um
2: but actually if we all think back to the dead zone yes Yes. dead Mm. zone uh johnny smith's uh talents come only from touching people so that's how he sees his visions
0: yeah so it's uh, all through touch and we know the relation that molly's had to the dead zone because we've already said that She's extremely similar to that character, but also the Strangler character died in her own house. Frank Dodd. So they are intrinsically linked.
2: They are. And also, actually, if you think about it, if we're back into our universe, God, this is confusing. It's like doing Westworld all over again. Um, Touching the kids.
0: Stop saying that. Stop touching kids.
2: Physically making contact with the kids.
0: That's worse (laughs) in a way.
2: Like when t- yes, like fist bumps him and then he goes on, mental. Yes. You're just making me sound like I'm a pervert.
4: <laughs>
2: Christ. Anyway, so I like that one. That was good. Yeah,
4: nice.
2: There's also another Dead Zone reference in this episode. Mm. And we're going to come back to this scene later. Mm. So I might have a little bit of a, a quiz for you. Mm. Um, but when Skarsgård Henry, or Henry Skarsgård, Yes, because <laughs> I put him in my notes as Skarsgård Henry. Yeah, either way, Confusing. either way works. As long as
0: we put Skarsgård in there, I think when we, um, we can make when Henry
2: Skarsgård returns to Castle Rock and he walks through the town, yeah, um, he does look a bit like he's wearing his dad's suit, to be honest. Uh, but he's no. very reminiscent, suit. yeah, very reminiscent of Christopher walking in the dead zone in the dead zone christopher
0: walking or walking <laughs> <laughs> christopher walking walking
2: is that <laughs> okay um
0: He <laughs> you doing about that fat boy slim video where he's just dancing around everywhere so weapon of choice. Weapon of choice. it yeah, is
2: uh or, or, or henry scars weapon of choice i yeah. mean no uh, but no very reminiscent i thought of um of christopher walken's character yeah yeah, yeah. or p- a portrayal of johnny smith which is quite interesting horrendous isn't it yeah. i fell asleep can't sorry. wait to cover that to in
0: our off season
4: um, oh, there you go, little uh, little Spo- treat for
0: spoiler warning. Wait for I'm the have announcement.
4: To watch it again. Yes.
2: It is. yes. Um, something else that we talked a little bit about earlier uh, was the devil and the Rev Dives Yes. Yeah. So the Rev Deeves says he imprisoned the kid because he believed this unexpected visitor was a satanic agent who gives you what you want when you need it most. Yeah. With just a string or three attached. Yeah. Who might that remind you of? Leland Gaunt. Thank you, Lucy. That is a very, very strong reference to Leland Gaunt, a.k.a. the devil in who, Needful Things. Who
0: Alan Pangborn, our saviour, our hero, the White Knight, defeated. Mashed him up. Mashed him up with, with magic. magic. With magic, which is his Shadow mark. magic. <laughs>
2: magic. Um, that was fun, that, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Len, I've, I've got a little fact here that you might like. Oh, yeah? So, uh, do you know who does the score for Castle Rock.
0: Thomas, is it Thomas? Yes. Yes, Thomas. Uh, Thomas, yes. N- not Newman. Thomas, <laughs> yes, Thomas Newman. Yes, oh, Thomas all, Newman. Well, he said not um, Newman, so he's uh, there. Thomas. not Newman. Not Newman. Uh,
2: yeah, so Grand Thomas, Newman. not Newman, does the uh, <laughs> does the school of Castle Rock. What other schools is he responsible for?
0: It will be something Stephen King. So I'm going to guess. Yeah. Either I'm going to go for one of two. Okay. I'm going to go complete left field. With one of them. Left field choices: Pet Cemetery. Right field choice is something more s- normal. So either the body or Shawshank redemption.
3: I reckon Dream Capture as well. Can I put my um, my, my something in for normal, that? I reckon. Any- and I reckon um stand by me like then. Anyone yeah, I else?
4: Got, I got nothing. But Pet Cemetery was the Ramones. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yes, Pet was. Cemetery was a terrible, know that,
0: yeah. I terrible choice.
2: It was uh, Shawshank and the Green Mile.
4: Look, the music Thank is me.
0: excellent. I think we all agree. Yeah, it's really great. I think from a production standpoint, like John said at the start of the episode, the, the, the general way the show is put together, the acting, the, the directing, I think is excellent. I think yeah. the music is excellent. I think they've absolutely nailed the tone.
3: Top notch. Um,
0: you know, you compare this to a lot of other shows out there and you can see it's had a lot of care. It's had a lot of thought. It's Mm. had a lot of really good pre-production, a lot of well-thought-out plot lines. I know some people won't be happy with where the show's gone, Mm. but people can say that about Westworld. People can say that about shows shows which literally have, you know, an $8 million budget per episode. So, come on. I think, you know, looking (laughs) at it from a technical standpoint... This is up there with the this best. This is
5: better
3: than Westworld, in my opinion.
0: Well, well it, it's on a par. It's on a par. It's on it, a par. Makes, it makes more sense. So,
3: well, I don't know. I was very confused it yesterday. Makes, yeah, exactly. It still makes
2: more sense than. Westworld. They're
4: both very good shows. They're both wow. very good shows.
2: Moving on right. though, because we've got a lot of nice little bits and pieces to talk about. Um, it is an excellent show. just have quiet. Uh Does anyone remember the scene where Henry is going through the boxes of audio diary tapes? Yes. There is a can of soda on the table. Yes. Does anybody know what brand of now, soda that was? I'm going
0: to jump in here because I'm in charge of feedback. We've had some feedback. Do you want me from... to wait? No, 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 no. Oh. We can, we can, we can, we can whack it in here. But um, Ch- Charles know. has Charles has been in touch. Uh, thank you for the email, Charles. Thank you for the support. Um, and he's let us know that Moxie is from 11-22-63, uh, or whatever yep. it is, Great which is the JFK <coughs> story. story. The yeah, story. Well, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's the it's the story with James Franco, I really think it good. is. It's I really thought, good. I watched I liked it. I it. Um, and he's let us know that that is related to that. I Hold tight, remember. Charles. Yeah.
2: Well, um, thank you, Charles, because I didn't know that bit. Oh, right. Uh, but what I did find <laughs> out, um Rep. yes we are talking about moxie the soda oh yeah
0: um
2: it is the it is the soft drink most closely linked to Maine yeah and uh they even have an annual festival
0: moxie festival moxie
2: festival every year we should go
0: we are going we are going' not going we're to just that. going to Maine yeah for the moxie festival right. um but right. yeah thanks Charles so yeah. I didn't yeah, know, cheers, mate. I didn't know that was coming in King Corner but it turns out double moxie there so there you go. can't go wrong
2: double moxie uh speaking of festivals We're going to play a little guessing game now. Yay! When Henry Skarsgård returns to Castle Rock, he walks Mm. through the Fall Festival. Am I right in saying that? The
0: Harvest Fall Festival, the 6th annual, I believe.
2: 6th annual Harvest Fall Festival. There are nine Easter eggs in this clip.
0: Jesus Christ. Um, Well, you've got the Mellow Tiger. Uh,
2: Not including that, because we've already talked about the Mellow Tiger. So nothing that we would have already raised... Okay. Is here, so I'm, I'm going to give you all an opportunity to pick one each and see if you can guess any of the so, good ones.
0: Are you <laughs> saying the balloons then? And we're not saying the balloons in it. And there is one specific is
2: red balloon in uh, in that bunch. Yeah, just what? on its own, is it? What? On its own. That's
0: good. That's good for
2: um, Okay, well we'll take that as the first one. Uh, John, anything you can remember from that scene no. that might be an Easter egg?
4: Oh, this is so annoying. Kudo. I, know. I could I, probably just guess stuff. I've Go and guess the something. The statue. The statue. The sta- you remember the statue?
2: Oh, I spent six of these myself. The other three I had to go back and check um, after reading them from my sources on the interweb. Um, There's nothing
0: wrong with that. If you need a bit research, that's it. our job. Our job is to research yeah. and feedback.
4: And We've actually, six out of nine, that is pretty impressive.
2: Yeah. And actually, instead of doing my actual job today, I did this instead. Wow. Well, uh, so, would dedication. you like me to take you, put you out of your misery? God, yes. So to speak. Misery, take us on Mis- the journey.
0: misery. Pardon the pun. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, that's, that's one of the Easter eggs. Misery. Side. Uh, so, there is there are a number of shops and bars and pubs. Oh, I've got one.
0: No, uh, the game's oh. over,
2: Len, you've lost.
0: Okay, sorry.
3: Sorry,
2: Len. Uh, so, Thibodeau Pie Bakers, subtle link to Carter Thibodeau from Under the Dome, which is a... Uh, cancelled,
0: now cancelled mm, television show. Sad. So, sorry Never about Never watched that.
2: it. Uh, this was not one I picked up myself. This is a little sketchy. Uh, RC's pub. R C. You'd never have got this because I think it's a bit ridiculous, internet. But I'm going to go with it. Uh, So it's potentially a little nod to both the short story trucks and its film adaptation, Maximum Overdrive, where there is a death that results from a tiny RC monster truck.
0: I mean, this is Stephen King. Stephen King's written about. Reddit, you've
3: actually ruined this episode. (laughs)
0: Didn't come from Reddit. Well, Well,
3: whatever
4: you still not come from
2: Reddit. Uh, Callahan's Thrifty Loft. (laughs)
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, so Father Callahan, Salem's Lot, and Dark Tower. Mm. Wow. Well, shining.
0: I can't remember, but yes, probably. Not a big character, but a nod I mean, to. I mean, yeah. Um,
2: Ooh, we've talked about the Red Balloon. Uh,. I'm going to go through the shops first and then I'm going to come back. Yeah. So Sheldon stationery. Big Bang, big bang theory. theory. Yep. Yeah, that, is, that is Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory. It's history.
3: fucking horrifying. So it is, it is like a Stephen
0: King. <laughs> it's horrifying how much they get paid.
2: Or potentially uh, one of the protagonists from Misery, Paul Sheldon.
0: Yeah. Misery is one of my favourite adaptations of Stephen King and also one of my favourite books of Stephen King. I really love it and I can't wait to cover it. With you guys. Uh
2: did anybody <laughs> notice the Emporium Galorium? Yes. So Henry Skarsgard drives past this in the taxi when he first comes back to Castle Rock. Yeah. Staple location, well in fact it is the main setting in the Sundog. And it also features or it's mentioned in Needful Things and Pet Cemetery. Yes.
0: I miss Pet Cemetery. Can't wait to watch Mm. that again as well. Mm. Scary, Um, so hilarious! Who remembers
2: that we've talked before about um, the short story, "The Man in the Black Suit"?
3: Yes, me. I did that. Me, me.
2: Um, It includes a character who writes for the Castle Rock Call, which is a a local paper. uh, Which is um, great paper. Which is in this scene when Henry Skarsgård returns.
0: Well, good.
2: Don't worry. Now, Len, was there one that you spotted? You want to talk about? Remembered? Yeah. What was it?
0: Um, It was. Either an ice cream shop or a yogurt shop, and it was frozen for, yogurt. It frozen was yogurt, and it was Clayborne. clayborn So I was like, it's Dolores Clayborne Claiborne
2: Creamery.
0: Yeah, so I, I saw that and oh. and didn't twig it, and now I've twigged it. So fine, good. Yeah. But the thing is, I didn't go through oh. this scene because I'm not Please. in charge. When you, when no. you're here, I'm not in charge of King Corner. So no, I, I like to leave these things.
2: But you've jumped ahead them because there's one more. <laughs>
0: Um, Spoiler no warning. Idea.
2: No, and nobody will get this, and I didn't get this, but it's fascinating. It. So there is an arch behind Henry at one point in this scene, and it has two number 19s. Like 19, 19. number 19. No, well, it's
0: 1921 is a story, isn't it, or something? Yeah, well... Yeah. 1922.
2: Um, does anyone know what the importance of the number 19 is? So both in the real world and the King canon. So firstly, in the real world, it's important because... Who knew it is the 8th smallest prime number? Fascinating. yeah. Yeah. Uh, Even a bit of math knowledge we're all learning today. Tenuous. Carry on. Very tenuous. Um, But however, (laughs) um, from my research, the number 19 appears in a number of Stephen King novels. No, not 19 of them. them. Um, But apparently a lot in the Dark Tower series and it has some Uh, strong significance. Yeah,
0: you know, I've read them all fairly recently and I have to say it's a book that rewards a reread like they're they're like the game of thrones books you know you read them once you read them again i've literally blitzed them (laughs) um and i haven't done my reread yet so i'm sure it's a layered layered text i will pick up on more things and you
2: know I'm relying on you I know you are but don't uh, worry because it's on next on my list to read the series yeah 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 uh, well
0: that'd be good if there's two of us who have read it because that'd yeah. be very very good I'm
2: going to up my knowledge game um, so quite a lot of very out there Easter races week, but that is it for King Corner
0: mm, for I, this episode yeah I liked it
2: unless I've missed anything
0: um well, no
4: I mean if we have then
0: then let tell us, us know. guys please yeah. let us know and I'll Email come on us. to how you can let us know in the feedback section which is coming up right now
5: How do you like it <laughs> okay let's talk what do you want to talk about
0: okay guys it's been an extremely long episode but it's the penultimate one so let's keep it going and now we're on to feedback and i want to say thank you so much for all the emails social media responses that we get we really appreciate the support we love hearing from you guys so please do get in touch with us just write in at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com or reply to one of our many social posts on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at fancriticalpod or on Instagram as at fan underscore critical. And on Facebook, if you just search fancritical, we'll be there. So like our page. I mean, we're not as active on Facebook. Twitter and Instagram are pretty active. So um please do reply to anything with any theories or email us. We really do appreciate it. So first up, we've referenced him already because we mentioned it in King Corner, but Charles has said this. He reckons that this is the best episode of the season, Five Blueberries. Wow, now, Charles. that's against John's, John's thinking. I'm thinking it's a four. John's thinking it's a two. Charles is thinking it's a five. And that's what I mean about this episode. It's divisive. It's Very. a divisive episode.
4: Well, look, like, I'm not going to have a go at, uh, at Charles because in a way i'm jealous i'm jealous that mm. charles can watch an episode like that and yeah. enjoy it as much as uh, he has done and so I've, and that's you know, a very good point fair play
0: that's a very good point john with in, in the way that people interpret television shows because for example we really enjoyed westworld season 2 we talk about westworld a lot if you like westworld go check out our podcast on it but a lot of people hated it and it's an interesting it's interesting how people can interpret and, and enjoy other episodes. And sometimes you do get that jealousy aspect, like The Walking Dead, for example. I'm extremely jealous of people who haven't read the comics and just accept the TV show for what it is. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's that sort of thing. You know, we, you know, it's, it's an individual experience watching this show. Mm. And that's why having a collection of opinions like we have, especially this week where we've got a group of five of us together and we've all got different opinions on the show, mm. makes for a really interesting discussion because... If you don't like a certain thing that they've done, but I love a certain thing that they've done. Yeah. It leads to an interesting debate. And, and it, you know, we don't like to be a yes podcast, like a, oh, yes, it's amazing. We like, you know, if something's <laughs> bad, we say it's bad. Oh, five blueberries. I'm a hype man. I'll give everything four or five. But in all seriousness, we do like to criticise things. But uh, Charles also says the Moxie drink is from 11 63 which we've said. Um, he predicts that everyone will return to their relevant timelines in the end. And we're going to return for season two, which mm. is, you know... I
2: like he actually
3: predicts that he will watch season two.
0: This is a Jump the Shark episode, in my opinion, for some people.
3: Mm. Yes, yeah. that's what I thought. I actually thought that um, phrase literally yeah, when yeah. watching
0: it. Some people could watch this and go, right, I'm sold on the concept or I'm not sold on the concept. And even though it's an anthology series, I think we need to appreciate that this show is asked a lot of people in this one episode. Mm. So... You know, thanks for the email, Charles, and thanks for the support. Um, and we'll also be back for season two, definitely, because yes, we Charles. have very much enjoyed it. Mm. We had an email from Denise, and uh, she said this. I recently found your Castle about podcasts, and she loves us, so that's nice. Says, that is very nice. Well, that is very nice. Well,
3: read what she actually said.
0: said you're hilarious, but that's, that's you know, that I don't like that. That's mainly
3: about me. Thank you, Denise. She didn't listen to that
0: one um, episode. <laughs> listen to the constant, in all realities, Len. He's the hilarious one. <laughs> but you're but, not
4: funny in the least bit uh, i said
0: i'm the funny one i tee you up so you can perform well but, oh, i'm the hilarious one no but um Definitely not. she says this she says this i don't have any theories but she does have a question. Didn't the first dog, the one that Lacey saw just before running over the cliff, didn't that dog drop his head off at the location where Ruth's German shepherd was buried? I want to say it happened in episode one or two, whichever episode it was, that Pangborn, R.I.P., dug up the shepherd to calm Ruth down. Where did that head go? I don't think it's been mentioned on the show since. Evil and weirdness (laughs) aside, that's the biggest question I have at the moment. Where is Lacey's head now?
3: Good question. And
0: when I read this email, I was sitting there thinking good point where is Lacey's head and what the fuck was up with that dog mm. so two questions here i i replied to denise and i said i don't think necessarily that the head is buried where the german shepherd is buried i think the head oh, is I out agree. in the woods because we saw it yeah, in I episode agree, two yeah. we, we or a, at the end of episode one i think we saw it um and the Dulux dog was still there roaming around it or whatever. The Dulux dog is something that we say in England. It's an advert for paint. It's weird, but it's got the same dog. It um, sounds so weird. It's so left I called
3: it the Durex dog, which yeah, that's, is kind of bad. Durex no, is a condom yeah. brand. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, so
0: no. But <laughs> but uh, the dog, the dog, the dog, the dog, what is up with that dog? He gave it that knowing stare. Like there's a lot about Lacey that I think we still need to figure out in the last mm, episode, well, right? Um,
4: well, but that's it, isn't it? Like uh, Lacey himself is like this like enigma. Yeah. Because he is a high profile actor. His uh, his character runs through the entire show, and yet there's so much of him that just yeah. His
3: isn't... motivation is still yeah, completely so... unknown, and, really and, confusing
4: and fascinating.
0: And as we said. They've still got a lot to answer for in this last episode. They still have to answer the question about how Lacey knew that the kid was the devil. Yeah. You know, and we're going to come on to that in the next piece of feedback. So let's move on. So next piece of feedback we had was from Tara. And thanks, Tara, for emailing in. We appreciate the support. And some of the theories, um, some of the theory that you mentioned here, you posed to us before this episode came out. So some of it now doesn't make any sense. However, when I first read it before the episode had aired i was like jesus man this is a good theory this right. is a good theory so i'm going to tell you the theory now some of it isn't relevant but i'm going to tell you the parts that are relevant in a minute okay Hits, Len. she says this there's been a lot of talk about the, the shine and the kid possibly having some powers because of the schisma. But is it possible he has telekinesis like Carrie or Charlie or Firestarter? The kid isn't actually from another dimension. Obviously, we know that now he is. Yeah. Instead, he's escaped from the Arrowhead facilities. There's hinting several places that somehow may have pyrokinesis. You know, look at the show so far. We've had the, the prison fire at Shawshank. We've had the woods burning. We've had you know, the Juniper Hill fire. These are all fire related crimes. Mm. So her theory then went on. The kid escapes from Arrowhead. He's hiding in and around Castle Rock, hides in homes and buildings. And in 91, he stumbles upon Henry. He feels sympathy and a connection because he was also in a cage for his whole life. Mm. Lazy catches the kid after Henry is gone. This pushes him to refer to him as the devil or evil because he's also in a schismic cult. And this is the part that I think is interesting with Reverend Diva. Uh, she also believes that the barber was also potentially in the cult. Yeah, yeah that So makes sense. it would be nice to have a tie in there. Mm-hmm. Lacey sits in the tank hoping to hear God speak because it's as close as he can get to the soundproof chamber, right? So he's far down. Mm-hmm. Yep. He believes he gets his answer and locks up the kid in the prison. The kid is unable to use any powers down there, so Lacey believes he is correct. But he's still waiting for Henry to return so that whatever prophecy they believe would happen and can now happen. Obviously now we know it is an alternate Henry. That's unless we take the unreliable narrator Mm. situation into account which is possible but there are a couple of things about that that really jumped out at me um one the pyrokinesis yeah wow that's an interesting thought we hadn't crossed into the pyrokinesis you know situation um you know fire has been prevalent Mm. it seems that all the major disasters seem to happen with fire so although the the you know the actual by the way before this episode I read that and I was like, that's a fucking awesome theory. Mm. And, and one we hadn't thought about.
2: Well, and also fire, if you think about like the smoking pan and, and all the stuff with Bruce, yes. even Little Fires. Yes. That is a very fiery
0: yes. show. Yeah, 100%. Like 100%. And, you know, and this is the bit that I also like. And something that we've hinted at previous episodes, the idea that Odin Branch, Dale Lacey and Reverend Diva were involved in some sort of schisma cult or some sort of, you know, group where they used to meet up. And we know that Odin Branch and the Rev were friends. And the only way that I can see at this stage, Dale Lacey having the information necessary is if he knew the Rev or knew Odin and was connected to these people. He, we know he used to go out to the woods. The woods were his church that was said in episode two. So it's a very interesting concept now to think that, you know, he he's part of this group. And I, I really hope we get a scene next week with all three of them together. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And they're having a chat because I think that would be excellent. I want to see those three actors. I want to see those three characters on screen together. Mm -hmm. And I want to see their discussions about the schisma because they're coming at it from different angles. You know, Odin's coming at it from a man of science mm. and it's a man of religion. Sorry for the lost references uh, in, 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 you know, in the rev and, yep. and Dale Lacey, maybe Dale Lacey's the intermediary there. So it's a very interesting concept. So mm. thank you very much, Tara. Very good email mm. made us think about things that we hadn't thought about before. And mm. I still think some of that theory could be on. So not the arrowhead stuff.
4: Can you, um, can you imagine if they did their own podcast, that what? little
0: group. I mean, Schisma podcast. You know, you, the Schisma cast. Schisma cast. Yeah. You know what? Scast. I think they'd be ahead of us in iTunes, which oh. would upset me. Yeah. So
4: Bill Scarscast.
0: cast. That's also a very good one. <gasps> I think he's got enough that's money. That's my podcast. I think my he, personal <laughs> podcast. yeah personal podcast. I think I think Bill Scarsgard's doing all right. Uh, yeah. So now a regular fan sharing. We've mentioned her earlier in the podcast. Yay. Um she picked up on something with the Dead and Breakfast, the B and B, the Murder House BB, as we call it, uh, last week that we didn't pick up on. And that is the fact that there's a lot of rooster imagery in the Dead and Breakfast. <laughs> so and this is interesting. This is interesting to me because uh Sherry was the one who picked up on the boats in the on, on the on the wallpaper yeah. and said yeah, like yeah no no, that was bang on that was a great shout that's a great shout because that's a that's not even been mentioned in the official podcast i yeah.
2: mean sherry's attention to detail spot on love
0: she's good with wallpaper because roosters, <laughs> wa- roosters were on the wallpaper here so what i'm saying is ooh, ooh. very very good because the boat thing absolutely right henry shared the same bedroom mm. right yeah so she says yeah. all those roosters at the BNB i googled stephen king and Rooster and found two references. Rooster is one of the sisters at Shawshank, right? That sure, tried to yeah, that tried, yeah. That yeah. That they tried to rape Dufresne, yeah. so nice. Well, um, no. I mean, not nice. Yeah, you can't you know, say nice after but rape. Nice reference, oh, bad yeah. rape. Uh, another more obscure <laughs> 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 reference. <more obscure laughs> <laughs> another more obscure reference is part of a quote by Stephen King regarding his pseudonym Richard Backman, which we've talked about in this podcast. Dark yeah, path. Yeah, dark, yeah. So King wrote this of his most prolific pen name. Sometimes it was fun to be Backman. A curmudgeonly recluse, a la J.D. Salinger, who never gave interviews and who, on the author questionnaire from New English Library in London, wrote down rooster worship in the <laughs> blank provided for religion. <laughs> Jesus, man. So I have to say, amazing little, little vignette there. And oh, I went back. Sorry. There was rooster imagery there. Um, And you know what? The showrunners, I think, are just having a field day. I think they're having so much fun. I think they're literally coming up with these ideas. Uh, Okay, we need a, you know, Lacey's house. We're going to, you know, and bed and breakfast. And they're giving it to their design team. And the design team, you know, taking on board all of the influences and stuff are coming up with some really creative stuff. Sure. And I, I think... The attention to detail is phenomenal. So well done to the showrunners. And if you want to hear insights from them, please do listen to their official companion podcast. It doesn't uh, have the language that we have in terms of explicitity, but it also has access that we don't have. So if you want to hear from them, you know, straight from the horse's mouth, please do. Or Rooster. Or Rooster. Go check it out. Henpeck. Also, something that we missed out on, and that she picked up on, is that Storm of the Century is in the title sequence.
3: Seen that film. The TV movie. Me too.
0: Me too. Me too. It's
3: alright, isn't it? You (laughs) know
0: what makes me angry is the fact that a lot of Stephen King stuff is just TV movies.
3: Yeah, but that Mm. wasn't bad. It was, what, like in the early noughties? It, It
0: actually scared me as a child yeah
3: same um, give me what i want and i'll go away yeah
0: so the story for anyone who doesn't know and do go check it out i mean it's, it's not really a spoiler it's the, the premise of the film is that a, a guy appears in a town um he's like middle-aged but he's actually extremely old during a storm during a storm he reveals to the townspeople with the wave of his cane that he is this older gentleman like a bit of magic blows them away He begins to expose.
4: Literally,
0: or? Like the storm. uh, storm. Um, He begins to expose the secrets of the townspeople, which creates absolute chaos. You know, you know what people are like, secrets of gold dust. Mm. Um, He then tells them they need to sacrifice one of their own children so that he can have a new host body. Yeah, I
3: think, again, it's like the sheriff's little boy. Yes. And he says, he writes it everywhere, almost in blood give me what I want and I will go away. And what he wants is this He wants a
0: host child that he can now live on. You know, that's how he lives. Um, But if he gets it, he'll restore peace to the town. Now, there's some similarities here, you know, to our story. It's the idea of this chaos being caused by one person. It's this idea of, you know, the absolute mania that's happened because of the kid and Henry being in these, you know, the wrong universe. There's a 27 year time limit as well to, you know, so, which is playing into this fact of, you know, when t- a certain time reaches it, there needs to be a refreshment, or there needs to be something that's going to happen.
4: Mm.
2: Maybe that's what's happened to Wendell. He's oh, been taking over as the new host body.
0: Well, Wendell's just wandering through the woods. He's dead. <clears> next <throat> episode, guys, don't worry about it. Oh. He's a goner. Um, Do you reckon? Whole, I Wendell's a goner.
3: He. I thought when Molly, like in the last episode, when Molly was driving through, like on the oxy, I thought she was going to hit
0: him. Yeah, got, got after very, he got off the Jesus. bus. Jesus. That would be disappointing for Wendell. We finally can hear the voice <laughs> of God and now yes. he's dead. Um, <laughs> Wasted. We've also had an email in from Deborah. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you for the support. And she just said that Ruth is the Crimson Queen. So that's interesting. And I, you know, not overtly saying she might be the Crimson. The Crimson Queen, for anyone's interest, is the character that bore the Crimson King. The Crimson King is who we perceive to be in control of this negative energy that's inhabiting, you know, he's always pulling the strings from behind the scene and and orchestrating things for this evil power. It's very Dark Tower related. He wants to destroy the Dark Tower. He wants to destroy all realities and all universes. Um, and the Crimson Queen theory, you know, and there was a lot of symbolism with the Norse little statues, mm. um, you know, that we saw of the, of the Queen standing up and the White Knight falling down. And, yeah. and Deborah had to say that, you know, that's a very important piece of imagery because you know alan was the white knight Mm. of castle rock and the the red queen i think it was was standing up so it's this idea of they're 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 opposed Mm. but they are united as well obviously in relationship terms.
2: would that make one or both of the henry's the crimson king
0: well the thing the thing with the crimson the thing with the crimson king and we've said it in previous King Corners, is that he manipulates scenes from the background and he uses um, people or entities of great power to do his bidding. You have the man in black, Randall Flagg. You also have, um, you know... I think it was uh, Insomnia, the novel. He uses some characters there. And and there's no reason why he couldn't be using characters who have the ability like Henry and the kid or Henry Skarsgård have mm. um, to tread in the Toad space, which is something that he is obviously an entity that can do that. So it's very, very interesting. And something I think is a little nod and I think it's a fun thing to discuss. And we'll see in episode 10. We'll see in episode 10 what the you know the reason is for all of this. Uh, evil that follows these characters. But that's it for feedback. I want to say thanks to everyone who's got in touch.
3: Thank you so much, guys. We love receiving your feedback. It makes us all very happy.
0: And, it, you know, please do send in more. So it's at fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com mm. or reply to us on Reddit, social media. We're on there frequently. You'll see us occasionally, you know. <laughs> flirting out random theories and all of that stuff. So <laughs>
4: Flirting, I what you said. Flirting. <laughs> <laughs> we, flirt <laughs> those those theories. we
0: flirt those theories away. Yeah. Um, but that's it for this week. Aww. It's pretty close to the end now, guys. It's pretty close to the end and only one more week to go. But we have some news. Drum roll, No, joking. No drum roll. Okay, we will... We've decided as a group that um, Stephen King is something that we actually <laughs> really enjoy. And not only that, uh, we've enjoyed this podcast a lot. Not only Castle Rock, but rereading the novels, re-watching the films. We've all been like re-watching and rereading things of Stephen King. And we've decided that after episode 10, we're not only going to review that as usual. We're also going to have a wrap-up podcast. We're also on top of that, going to keep this podcast going all year round with reviews of old Stephen King adaptations, any adaptations that come out in the meantime novels we're going to have fun discussions on some of his other works and we're going to talk about pre-production on season two so it's going to be really fun so don't worry guys we're going to be around we're going to be around all season all year
3: Hmm. forever
0: we are
4: forever forever
0: so just to recap we will be doing that live session on sunday with castle rock historical society Once again, check the social media channels in the next couple of days for the time. I'll put a whole list of times out for where you might be in the world. Time zones. (laughs) If you've got any questions, just ping us and we'll we'll find out for you. And that's it for this episode. Mm. If you've enjoyed, please do subscribe. We really do appreciate it. It's been a really long record. This episode has thrown up a lot of questions (laughs) and it's answered a lot of questions and for once we had the whole gang here together today so that's why where you have these longer discussions you know there's more opinions on the table which I hope you guys enjoyed if you did please do subscribe please do subscribe to fan critical we really do appreciate that because um, we cover a lot more than just this show and uh, if you've enjoyed us at all I would really appreciate it if you a uh, checked out our other podcast fan critical B, left us a review because, you know, uh, we love reviews. We love getting reviews. Um, Blueberry it if you want. Blueberry the podcast. Love
4: that. Love a blueberry.
0: Yeah, and we've had some emails with blueberries. Charles earlier said five blueberries. Let's give the podcast five blueberries. Go on, Charles. Go on, Charles.
4: But also, like, don't feel pressured to give us five
0: blueberries. No, give what you want to give. The blueberry scale is harsh. But fair. And always remember that, guys. We'll join you on Sunday, whoever's listening to us on that live YouTube session. Remember, check the social media. And if not, we'll see you next week for the season finale
4: of Castle Rock
0: Season 1. It has been, I have to say, a much, much better show than we expected. I think they've absolutely nailed it to a point. And it couldn't have gone better in my estimation. So we want to thank everyone everyone for their support and we'll see you next week for what is going to hopefully be an excellent season finale. See you later. Woo.
5: See ya! Bye.